0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Maricatani with another episode of Matt Chat. I'm very, very happy to bring back from the University of Iowa Associate Head Coach, Terry Brands. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Things are well.
0: Good, good, good. So a lot of things to talk to you about. I guess just kind of to... To start with, for people that don't know, I, I actually, you know, never had a chance to shake your hands or Corey Clark's hand, and got a chance to meet you, you before the tournament and meet Corey after the tournament and it was a pleasure to do that. And, you know, just, I guess to begin with, tell me a little bit about what it was like to watch Corey Clark go through the tournament the way he did and, and for him to finally sort of reveal the struggles and the injuries and, and, and how he managed to, you know, end up at the top of the mountain.
1: I think our whole, you know, our whole organization is is really, you know, excited about what he did. And, you know, we had um, several other guys that were right there. And, you know, it's one of those things where he, he, there's a lot left undone in our minds here. And, um, you know, I can look back at three or four matches and, and say, you know, there's the difference. You know, you win – win those close bouts and you're 12 out instead of 30 you know sure and that's that's the hard part with us um Corey Clark is definitely um that that result definitely you know helps settle the dust as they say I guess but um overall it's there's a lot of there's a lot left undone and you know at the same time we're moving on
0: right and I know that as a coach, unless you have ten national champions and they all pin their way through and none of them give up an offensive point, you're never going to be completely satisfied. But I guess maybe to approach the Clark situation from a different angle, yeah, I know what a good relationship you guys have with Andy Hamilton, and I've had a chance to to form a friendship with him this year. And he told me from his point of view, he hasn't seen anybody tougher where the the Iowa Singlet in, in the eighteen years he's he's covered the program how tough would a young man have to be to overcome all the things that he did this year
1: i i don't know how to answer that question really because he's he is who he is and you know part of what makes him tough isn't the fact that he you know he wrestled you know with those quote-unquote injuries <laughs> because in his mind he didn't have a chance or he didn't have a choice you know, his chance to win was, hey, I got to go. There is no other option. I'm not, there's there's no way I'm getting cut. There's no way that this is going to happen. I'm going to figure this out and go forward. And that's what the best, toughest wrestlers do. It's what's inside of, you know, a lot of, a lot of wrestling people. So I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't, 18 years, I mean, that's a lot of history here. And um, there's a lot of guys that wore the Iowa singlet that, that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's, that's a tough question for me to answer because Corey Clark isn't that way. And, you know, he kind of said that in his interviews Right. where it, th- this isn't an excuse, you know, you're asking, so I'm going to tell you kind of thing. And that's really where he went with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he seems like a kid that no matter how it had turned out would never have blamed the injury on anything. And, you know, Obviously, he's somebody who who worked his fanny off to get get to where he was. So you
1: know what? That's a really great way to say it too. And he wouldn't blame his injury. And I think that's probably you know a, a profound you know way of, of explaining it that you know he's not gonna what do you call it? Maybe promote himself through his injury either.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, from the outside looking in, he seems like a kid that just brings his lunch bucket to, you know, to, to school and practice every day and does his thing and keeps his head down and grinds and, you know, isn't looking for any special attention. I think there's people like us that cover the sport and Andy Hamilton, I think said it right. You know, you look for great stories and, and him overcoming what he did is a great story and, and, and can bring new eyes and new fans to our sport, which, which we all desperately want is to grow the sport. So um tell me a little bit just your overall impressions of this year's tournament
1: well you the the obvious is that it's a runaway you know from the top and you know that's very obvious that's tough uh on us as a hawkeye you know you're looking to do what they do and more and you know, they got they got in this situation where they put those five guys in the finals and win five weights, and all of a sudden, you know, when the books are closed on it, there you go. So, you know, that's, that's the impression is, you know, how, how do we go forward, um, you know, looking at the development, looking at the uh, results, and then, you know, connecting the two, um, filling in the blanks with some spring recruiting uh moving forward with next year's class, you know, that's really where we're at right now. I got you. um the results in, so what are we gonna do? I mean there aren't any do overs, you know, we just <laughs> have to do a better job of making sure that we're on top of it, um reasons, um um those are the things that you, that you look for, uh, and you have you know communication with your people here, your your student athletes. You're talking to them, pushing them forward into that development. Whether they're, you know, Thomas Gilman or, you know, Cash Wilkie. Either way, you're you're moving forward with these guys.
0: Right, right. And I, I definitely want to touch base with you about some of your guys specifically. Um, tell me. From my point of view, you know, I work a little bit on a on a tangent level with the St. Louis Sports Commission. What, As a guy that comes in from out of town, what, what do you like about the Nationals being in St. Louis? And, and what, if anything, would you like to see improved when the Nationals are here?
1: The problem with St. Louis to me is the guts of the arena. Um, there's not a lot of space down there for... Uh, warm-up. You know, the the thing that I really liked about Omaha was the newness of the arena underneath. Mm-hmm. You had all that space down there and you just don't have that in St. Louis. Uh, so, you know, they, they have us, they kind of put us up into that opera house there to to, to have us warm up and you know, you're going from the mat, the warm-up mat, you got to go down the stairs and, you know, around the corner and walk down the hall and then turn right and go down some more stairs and you're down on the floor and it's not really a big deal. I mean, I'm not a pussy or anything, excuse my language there, but <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, Hey, I don't want to walk up or downstairs upstairs after matches and downstairs before matches. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's preparation things that could make it better. And if you had a place to to host the student athletes that, you know, wasn't in the Opera House, I would love it there because the hotel situation, the city, the location, the Midwest, um, availability to be able to get there, whether you're on the West or the East or in the Midwest is easy. Mm-hmm. So I love it there. It's just from a raw wrestling point of view when you're looking at, you know, what they can provide for us teams, you know, whether it's Penn State or Chattanooga, uh, it's, it's, you know, I wish they had a more modern arena.
0: I got you. I got you. Well, and, and with I'm,
1: with bigger with bigger floor space in the basement, if that makes sense.
0: It does, and I mean, I don't know what, what we can do about that, but I definitely will pass that on as something that maybe they can look into. You know, maybe there's some space that they're not utilizing right now. So, um, I went through your lineup, and I want to make sure I got this right. It, the the team that you took to the Big Ten, you had five seniors in the lineup. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, you don't strike me as a real sentimental kind of guy, but tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, in weight order, Gilman, Clark, Carton, Meyer, and Brooks. And I I listened to some of your – I read some interviews and listened to some interviews that some of your underclassmen talked about about that recruiting class, you know, that senior class and what it's meant to the program. So from your point of view, what have those guys and then other guys that that are seniors that just didn't start – what What does that group mean to you?
1: Well, we care very dearly about them they are they they here's the thing you know we we've had some great classes um that we recruited and um we've had some guys that graduated from here over the last what six years or so that you have a i guess i guess the thing is is that you had better leadership out of these guys they the core, the core group, the way that they bonded together, the way that they looked after each other. They called each other brothers. When we were at our banquet and, um, uh, when we were talking, you know, during the season with where these guys were talking about where, you know, with, uh, some of the things that we did, um, some of the exercises that we did with them from mental or, or, you know, emotional stability type stuff, they called each other brothers. And you don't see that a lot, and I should say we hadn't seen that a lot, and that was one of the things over the last four or five years that we've really talked about as a staff and as a program that we need to address. It's not every man for himself. Yeah, wrestling's an individual sport, but it's not every man for himself. Right. And so Thomas Gilman and what he did and the way that he brought that leadership over the last two and a half years or – or two years, or a year and a half, it's been phenomenal for this program. He held people accountable. He he said things that were really, really raw and unscripted, like quit your balling, you know, that kind of stuff. And and it worked. It worked well because he's real. Right. You know, he can say that because he's right there. He's the first one to, to uh, you know, jump in the enemy's trench and start stabbing. You know he's the first guy that does that, and the way that he waged psychological warfare on these programs and the situation with with a Minnesota duel and those guys you know shoving him out of there i mean that that's he did that he did that for the team, and he took a lot of cheap shots from the media and from uh people that don't like him or don't didn't like the Iowa way or whatever this and that, but the thing is, is he's an individual that's what his edge was. You know, and he he was able to bring that leadership quality because those guys know that it's real. It's not fake. It's not something that's that's scripted. It's not something that he goes home at night and thinks about, and then he goes, oh, yeah, I could be cool if I did this. That's him.
0: Right. He just does does what comes to him naturally. And I... I guess you're not supposed to ever say in public that there's certain guys you like more than others. But it certainly seems to me, like from the outside looking in, that, that Gilman's a guy that really embodies a lot of what Iowa stands for, that he goes forward and he's not scared and he'll say what he thinks and things like that. And I mean, I guess to bring up something that isn't happy, how hard was it to watch him you know, not end up getting his national title? And how proud are you of him for coming back and taking third the way he did?
1: Well, you got, you, things don't go your way. You got to get the next best thing. And that's a philosophy that, you know, we talked about last year. We didn't do a good job of that specifically with Brooks and Meyer. And we addressed it and talked about it. And we talked about it, you know, with Mike Evans' situation back when he was wrestling, he was six three times. Um, and so that's another piece that we addressed and did very well with, you know, that Saturday round the night and the morning was was pretty good for us you know so it's it's I don't know if I want to get into talking about the emotion of what Thomas Gilman didn't accomplish and how he came back because that's what he's going to do and you know what I think of you know the match that he lost and you know just look at it yeah, and, and, and you can probably read my mind. I mean, there's a lot of things there, and the, the pace was slow and this and that. But, the, the, you know, he, he, Cruz is tough. And, you know, we didn't underestimate him. We got ready for him, and that kid was tough. He got hot. And he's a great wrestler. And he got, he, you know, he beat the best guy in the tournament, which he proved that he ended up being the best guy in the tournament. So, you know, that's that's the facts. The other part of your question before was with these guys and, you know, Topher Carton and, and Clark and Meyer and Brooks and they all had unique leadership skills. They all had unique ideas of how to, how to, uh, help and how to push forward and how to develop and how to, uh, uh, you know, explain you know what their mission is and and what they're doing about their side of the mission and how they're going to hold up their side of the line. You know that kind of thing. They were all very very unique and very very good, very good. You know, I don't know how well you know Topher Carton, but man alive, is he a nice kid? He's just a nice kid. He's like, ah, you know, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you know, and and he's always talking. He's always You know, he wants to explain himself and he wants to, you know, tell you about what's going on in his life and, you know, things like that. And that's important because he's transparent. So you got a guy that's transparent. You got Gilman, who's kind of to himself. You got Clark, who's just an extreme goofball. (laughs) You know, he wants to spit the rap and be the next Eminem, you know, that kind of a thing.
0: Wait, 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 is that really true? He wants to be a rapper?
1: No, he doesn't, but he loves Eminem. He loves that music. He loves that that artist. Uh, you know, you, you we're know, the real Slim Shady. Please stand up. Please stand up. You know, that kind of stuff. And and he's just unique. He's just a funny, easy guy to be around. And, and so you got Gilman, and then you got him, and then you got Carton, and then you got Meyer, who doesn't say anything. At all, but one of the we we had zero problems out of this guy. You know, he's going to be a surgeon someday. Uh, we had zero problems out of him. Zero problems out of him. He never missed a meeting academically. Never missed a practice. You know, and and none of these guys did. And Sam Brooks is just one of the easiest guys that you'll ever be around. He's just easygoing, chill yeah. dude. You know that kind of a. Just I know him a did. little
0: bit from Coach Powell at Oak Park River Forest, yeah. I mean, you know. Most I mean,
1: does that, it get any better than him? I mean, no. does it really get any better than him? I mean, he's just an awesome kid.
0: And he did the interview of the year last year about the mullet, so that, you know, that was pretty awesome too.
1: He did, and it was real. Yeah. It was a real interview. It wasn't <laughs> scripted, and, and, you know, that's the thing. And, they, you know, that those, are, those are things that are important to us, that these guys are who they want to be. They're individuals. They're not. You know they're not you know, afraid to be themselves, and I think it shows.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I guess to me, that, you know, you you said a lot of really interesting things in there. One of the things I just I gather from that is that these guys were leaders. They showed leadership in different ways. Like you said, you know, Clark's kind of goofy, and Carton's really happy, and Myers your quiet leader that just does everything right, and, and, and Gilman will take you know take the bullet for the team. Um, and you you said a few minutes back
1: that... Now, hold on a minute. Now, Gilman won't take the bullet. He will shoot the bullet.
0: Shoot the bullet. Okay, I apologize. Let's make sure we
1: get that right, right because
0: I, I got he, it he knows
1: his history, and he knows that, you know, we didn't win wars by dying for our country. We won wars by freaking going forward. So, just to make that clear there. No,
0: you're right, Coach. <laughs> my, my apologies. so um, But that these guys all lead in their their own unique way, and that you feel like that that leadership really helped your program. So when you have, when you're recruiting guys and the kids that are in the room now, how, how do you, how do you help those kids develop the leadership? Cause I always thought when I coached that if you've got leaders on the team, that those guys will come to the coaching staff and like, Hey, uh, America tiny has got a problem with this or, Hey, you know, Terry's struggling with this coach. You know, you should really talk to him about it or just, or even talk to the guys themselves. So, you know, how do you talk to the guys that are in your program now? You know, and I'm just looking at your guys that are all Americans, but like a and Kemmer, those kind of guys. How do you talk to them about, hey, you know, we need this kind of leadership from you? How, how does that work from your point of view?
1: It's it's a rolling machine. It's a it's something that's already been done. It's already in the mix. It's going to continue to get done. It's going to continue to develop. It's going to continue to grow that leadership from those guys, but. We don't believe in senior leadership. We believe in leadership, period.
0: Okay. You
1: know, with Happel, with uh, with um, Marinelli, Caleb Young, you know, Spencer Lee coming in. We Those are the guys that we need to be leaders also. And leadership, really, what is leadership? You know, from where I'm at, leadership is, you know, towing the line, doing the things that you need to do putting your head up and saying no when you need to say no, bringing people along, being inclusive. uh, Those are the things that, that, being a good person, that's leadership. And being a good person means that you're training hard. And you can be selfish and be a great leader. You can be really, really selfish in this sport and be a great leader. And so those are the things that you're looking for. I'm not looking. We're not looking. Tom isn't looking for senior leadership. Those guys that were seniors just happened to be uh, really, really, really a great dynamic group that had strong leadership characteristics.
0: I get it. And you you said a statement, and I I need – you to expand on it because it's very very interesting to me. You said you can be selfish and be a great leader. So what what do you mean by that? Because there's kids out there that are listening, and and you know, and there's coaches out there that listen to you that are at a high school level and trying to build a program. When you say you can be selfish and be a great leader, what what does that look like in your eyes?
1: Selfish in wrestling to me is that you're inclusive with the program. But the things on the outside, you know, the, the parents, the, the, some of the things that, you know, if they're, if they're wanting time from you and you don't have that time to give, then hey, they, they need to understand that. And you need to be strong enough to be able to, you know, take care of that. Girlfriends, you know, a, a great, a great wrestling woman understands you know, the the involvement and the amount of of energy that goes into winning an NCA championship. Um, a great wife understands that. A great fiance understands that. A great set of parents understand that. Friends outside of the program understand that. And you just simply don't have time to continue to to uh you know, I can't can't go out to eat, you know, every night. I can't, you know, Go socialize, whatever you know. Use your imagination. Sure, you
0: got to get up. Tell me,
1: tell me what it is, and then I'm going to say, you know, if we're having a problem with a guy, a lot of times it is because they're not managing their time correctly, or they're they're not doing a good enough job of managing their time. So those are the things that we're talking about. That that part of, of of positive selfishness.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump forward to this coming season and I'm looking at a, a list and I don't know if it's complete. So I'm going to have you either agree or correct me on it, but it looks like some of the kids you have coming in, at least that have, it looks like I've officially signed Max Murin from Pennsylvania, Aaron Costello from Western Dubuque, Iowa, Jacob Warner from uh, Illinois, Luke Troy from California, Spencer Lee, obviously from Pennsylvania and Miles Wilson from Colorado. So a couple things that strike me about this recruiting class. One, you got a lot of studs and two, you've got them from all over the country. You know, and I think I'm looking at five different, you know, six guys, five different States. And it's interesting that two are from Pennsylvania and not from Iowa. So how much work went into putting this class together?
1: I think it's a great fit. I think the work was what needed to be done. You know, we, we had a lot of, uh continuing things that we are addressing. I should say it's still in motion and we want to, we want to make sure that we're on top of the things that we need to get accomplished. And those are the guys that we felt like fit our program the best. The funny thing about that class is, is we got the guys we went after. Luke Troy is not going to be coming. Um He, he, did not follow through on some things and you know it was just one of those things where it was better for both parties to go their separate direction
0: okay so he he is
1: not going to be be here but those other guys are are great people and, and Luke Troy is a great person too he I think he would have fit in really really well here okay. it just didn't work out so sure. I'll just say that up front
0: that's fine
1: um these other guys are you look at them I mean you know the the, the one that's the, the, maybe the least known is, is Miles Wilson, right?
0: Right. I was going to ask he, you. That? Yeah.
1: You know, he, this guy is a, he lives up on, out in the middle of a, you know, a windstorm spot out in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. And his, his dad's driving to, to, uh, Aspen every day. His mom's a teacher and, kid is just a work machine, you know, he's just he's just a horse and we love him and, and that goes for all of those guys and Costello and uh Spencer Lee, obvious, you know, he took that hit at the state tournament and he's moving forward very, very well. Uh it's it's just the Warner, I mean what do you say about Warner, bronze medalist? Spencer Lee, three time world champion there. Warner was the bronze last year.
0: Right. He's super talented. Uh, he,
1: yeah. Then Mirren, you know, you watch Mirren wrestle, and you can kind of see why I like him. <laughs> you know, I really, really like his style. I like his uh, ability to be coached. He uh, he took it on the chin this weekend, though, and you know those are that those are things that he's going to need to address. So, moving forward with that, he, he, I, we love we love this group, and it's not about being from Iowa or not. I think that you get the guys that fit, you get the people that fit, and, you you know, they want to come, you make them a part of it. And it's got to work on both sides, and I think it did.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's an impressive recruiting class, Coach, for sure. Um, and so obviously that, you know, who you recruit and who you have coming back and who you have leaving obviously is 100% of the formula of what your lineup will look like next year. And obviously you're going to have at least five new faces in the lineup with, with those those seniors that we spoke about a few minutes ago being gone. And, you know, obviously all 10 spots are up for grabs. But, you know, it looks to me like guys like, you know, Jack Wagner and Vince Turk and Marinelli and Caleb Young. And it looks to me like maybe Wilkie goes back down to 84 and you get Holloway in the lineup and Stoll um, and obviously you have Sorensen back and you have Kemmerer back. Does, am, am I close on where some of those guys might be in your lineup next year? And, and how do you see your lineup shaking out?
1: Yeah, you're close. I mean, w- w- it, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're real close and it, time will tell, and you know as much as I do. <laughs> so what you say is good we 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 pencil things together and we look at it and the the bottom line is the development's got to continue let's let things shake out I and mean, the, the the national champion is is there's so much development that goes into your spring and summer workouts mm-hmm. that point toward march so let's just see where that goes sure Let's just see where that goes, and let's see who's you know in the situation to push for a national championship next fall. Uh, let's keep them there. Let's keep them growing. Let's keep that that good thing going with with what some of these guys at Gilman has established here. Let's keep that going. Let's keep that going. Let's let's get let's get the guys that you talked about, Wagner. Let's let's get him where where Papple. You know, let's get these guys where they're contenders in their head, in their head, because we didn't bring them in here because we don't believe in them. We brought them in here because we do believe in them.
0: For sure.
1: And if they don't believe in themselves, then we got a lot of work to do. So that's where you're at with that. Also, that's development. Those are the things that we're talking about: that emotional stability, that mental toughness. And you know, we have a good thing going on with with this winter and and uh, you know, moving into spring now, we have a really good thing going on with these guys in in their work development. Most of them are pretty good students, so we're not, you know, chasing them down, like maybe we were with some of those guys two,
0: three, four classes ago. I gotcha. So it makes it a lot easier to focus on the stuff you want to instead of.
1: Well, of course, that's the leadership part. That's the leadership part. You didn't you didn't come here to wrestle. You didn't come here for school. You came here to be a student athlete. That's a two-part thing. You didn't come here to be a drunk. You didn't come here to be <laughs> just a student. You didn't come here to be a screw-up and flunk out. You didn't come here to not come to practice. You know, those are the things. And, and, and that's the beauty of this room and this program is we. everybody is on board with that. Everybody is on board with that, and they have been for for a long, long time here. And that's the very, very thing that we love about this place. Yeah. And I think I think our recruits see that. I think when they come in, they see that. They see that that development. They see that uh, unending push toward excellence. Not just about winning the national championship. It's about being excellent in all areas of your life.
0: Yeah, I actually was going to say you guys seem like you're always on a quest for greatness, and not like I mean, I remember the last time we spoke that you talked about you know you didn't believe in you know. I'm going to give 20% to my, my time with my daughter and 30% time with my wife and 40% time with, you know, my team that, you know, you're 100% in everything you're doing. And, and that really stuck with me and it stuck with a lot of the listeners. A lot of people call and text me about that. And, and it's, and I think that's another two ways of saying the same thing that you want guys that want to be great and go 100% as hard as they can in, in the, whichever direction they're working on at that moment
1: yeah and that means also resting that means socializing too. I mean there's time when you let your hair down and they they you understand that they need to let their hair down or they need to do it right they need to rest proper they need to eat proper they need to hydrate proper right they need to socialize proper those are the things that that we
0: yeah it is
1: it is and and they're they're coming alongside, and it's been awesome you know it really has been it. Here, and like I said, the the thing is, you know, when you say that, the way that you said it though, you, you could have, you could have somebody go, well, listen to Brands. He says you gotta be going a hundred mile an hour all the time. And that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you, you, when you put the brakes on, you gotta put the brakes on the right way. When you're resting, you gotta rest the correct way. Not, you don't have to. You don't have to. But, let's say you go out and you let your hair down a little bit, and things are flying around and 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 you know Cory Clark's out doing whatever he does on a Saturday night after the national tournament. It has to be in moderation and and we we have people here that really, really understand that, and that's that's been that's been huge,
0: yeah and you're right i don't mean to imply that you know you're going 100 miles an hour i guess more 100% like you said if you're going to rest i yeah i i don't
1: i don't think that you were implying that. but i also know how some of these
0: Things uh programs
1: can yeah. spin that and 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 we get that's a bad rap for iowa mm-hmm. they never rest they don't know how to, they don't know how to rest they don't know how to peek, they're always going 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 that's just simply not true
0: for sure for sure. I appreciate you clarifying that. So, um, I would be remiss if I don't ask this. I, I, I doubt you'll probably give me the answer I want, but what are, what are your plans with Spencer Lee? Will he wrestle right away? Will he redshirt? You know, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
1: Uh, why don't you answer it? What would you do if you were the coach? You got to wait for the development, right? Let's see what he does. Let's, let's go one day at a time here. And is he is he capable? Of course. He's very, very capable. But it's got to be right. It's got to be right for both sides. Right. It's got to be right for him and his family. It's got to be right for us and our family, our wrestling family here. And, you know, everybody wanted the bull to come out of Red Shirt. I know Flo was saying, pull the bull, pull the bull, you know, in Marinelli. And it just wasn't the right time. He could have stepped in there and quite possibly... Been the next national champion at the weight. I mean, I'm not gonna bet against him. I'm not. I'm not going against our guy. Right. We. It just wasn't the right thing to do. And we had a pretty good guy in there that I felt like, and that we felt like, moving forward as a program with uh, Joey Gunther, who, yeah, you know, I, I felt like was was right there. Mm-hmm. The development was in place. It just
0: didn't happen. Right. I understand. So. I, I didn't think you would tell me what you were going to do, and I don't think you could possibly know yet. But well,
1: yeah. we know that's exactly right. It's not. It's not a secret. It's not something that when well, we got the we got this really cool bomb that we're going to plant here in the middle of February next year. It's not like that. <laughs> he could go in November. He could go in. We could pull in late, or we he could register. I mean, how do you know? How, how right. do you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Coach. I, I got to ask you. Tell me, you know, you guys have obviously, you know, we talked about your recruiting class this year, and you're obviously working on recruiting classes down the line. For those of us that don't recruit every day, what exactly, and I need to go every single one, you know, bylaw by bylaw, by by law, but what are generally the, the rules for early recruiting, for talking to kids that are non-seniors? What are you guys allowed to we, do? What are you not allowed to do?
1: We can start writing letters and calling juniors, uh, september 1st of their junior year okay we can make a home visit july 1st subsequent senior year okay so before their senior year uh some of these guys that we're recruiting let's say we're recruiting a kid from wherever and he's he's a junior now we can go visit him a home visit and make contact and actually have a conversation beyond hello On July 1st.
0: So I'm a junior. Right now. I'm a a junior right now. You can, you can write me letters. You, and I assume that means like email and things like that as well. What are they?
1: We can, yes. And we can call you and we can offer. We can, you know, we can get commitments. We can, you know, use the telephone to do that. We just cannot do that in a contact or a face to face situation.
0: And you can't come to my house now. I'm a junior, and you know I'm, a, I'm gonna, you know, finish my junior year here in May or June, depending on my how late my school goes. You can't come to St. Louis and come sit in my living room with me and my mom and my dad until July 1st, correct? July 1st, yes. And you know what? We get a lot of we get a lot of problems, and we actually lose kids because of that because
1: other programs <clears throat> are maybe, you know, stretching the boundary a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because he, he, I'll give you I'll give you a story. I mean, we were recruiting Mike Evans, and and his parents were horrified with the way we were recruiting him. And I was like, "Look, Mrs. Evans, we cannot we can't have that dialogue. We couldn't. It was when when he came on a visit. It was more about repairing a relationship because they felt <laughs> like, you know, we weren't paying attention to him. And I was like, Mrs. Evans, we're we're following the rules here." <laughs> You know it's one of those deals, so that's tough and then you know what you what you say is um the question is awesome because a lot of kids don't understand that they they get hit from so many different areas and they're getting a lot of attention early, and we're not able to do that and I actually had one of our you know incoming recruits tell me uh the other day he was saying. I was. what's going on with your buddy from so-and-so? And uh, the other thing we can't do is we cannot comment on who we're recruiting publicly, so that's why I'm not giving you
0: names. But, no, and I, I wouldn't uh, ask you to. I wouldn't ask you to.
1: And so he, he – and I said, well, what's going on with that? He goes, well, he's looking at this school and this school and, and you know, obviously Iowa, right? said, well, that school. He said, yeah, they're really – they're great recruiters. <laughs> and, you know, to me, I'm going, great recruiters, what are they doing? Are they, you know, I mean, well, they were, they were at a school. They were, they went and watched its practice. And so those kind of things, those are the things that you can do. So, you know, so we could, we could go to a school and talk to the guidance counselors and, you know, watching practice, watching workout.
0: You are allowed to do that. You just can't talk to yep. So, like, if yeah, you're, you I'm can't. just going to use me as an example. If I'm a junior and there's a senior on my team, you're like, you can come in and talk to him, and I might be sitting three feet away, but you're not allowed to talk to me.
1: Until- then it, it's the friendly hello, and you move on and be, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And, then you know, it, it goes beyond that. But yeah, then you dismiss yourself in conversation. Hey, I can't, you know, I can't be talking to you. When we were recruiting Spencer, you know, we'd go to, the young gun practice, and you're out in that foyer there outside of the uh, uh, high school in um, Franklin Regional. you mm-hmm. I would have to walk out of the foyer because all those parents are in there, and it's really it's it's, it's nerve wracking for me. I, I hate it. I hate it because I know what the parents are thinking that uh, about us. And I also, I, I, I can't, I could never cheat on a test. I can, I just can't do it. <laughs> it's not right. It's not the right thing to do. There's rules in place. There's things that govern my life that, you know, it, it doesn't make it right. So I don't partake in those things, you know? Yeah. And that's tough. That's really, really hard when you know that, that what they're, what other programs are saying about us and then the parents going, yeah, they're right. These guys are socially inept.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. That's really hard. That's a hard, hard thing for me as a as a man.
0: Yeah, well, and you're just following the rules. And I mean and you know, I guess what you're saying without saying is some of those other schools may not follow the rules to the letter of the law that Iowa is, so
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the way that some of these kids get attention, it can be really, really difficult on us.
0: Fair enough. So if you could change the recruiting rules, would you? And if so, what would you change? I'm not a change
1: guy that way. I, 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 here's the thing. And what I mean by that is I'm all for what's best. My ideas are in my head. And even if I had the ability to do it, I would organize a, 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 a panel, a with some really, really good people on it that would be able to help me with that decision. Mm -hmm. It's not my opinion that matters. It's what's right for the student athlete. What's the best thing moving forward? Is the best thing moving forward to get a commitment out of a sophomore? Is that really the best thing? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I, I don't know the answer to that. And I have my own opinions. I like the rules. I like the rules that are in place. When when they opened it up to being able to contact juniors via telephone, I was kind of unsure about that, and I really like it. I really like it. I like what they've done. They've opened up some things with, with that and and made it easier to to get to know these guys earlier, and so that that has definitely been a really really good thing. From my opinion, now, if they pull that rule, I'm okay with that, too.
0: You'll adjust. So, You'll adapt, obviously. Yeah.
1: What? What's that?
0: I said you will adjust. You will adapt. Well, we, we, we
1: know that the NCAA is a complex organization with rules in place for a reason. Right. And those rules are in place, I have to say, to protect the student-athletes, correct? Y- so if that's the case, who am I to go against or or not follow the mandate that the NCAA puts out there. That's where I'm at with that. It doesn't mean I necessarily agree with what they do all the time, and I don't, Mm -hmm. but I also understand that they are the governing body, and the University of Iowa is, is, you know, a member of the NCAA. Right. And we will follow those rules to the best of our abilities.
0: I get it. I don't know if you're even allowed to ask answer this next question. Are we are we allowed to talk about the the young man that just changed his commitment to Penn State?
1: No, because he's a junior, so we can't comment on. We can I can comment on guys that, that have signed a letter of intent.
0: Okay, all right. So I'll just let. So that go. he
1: he has not obviously signed. He can't sign till November. Um. So.
0: I got it. Okay. I, I thought that was the case, but. I would be remiss if I didn't ask so um so I'm jumping around here but first of all I don't think I've I didn't get a chance to speak to you congratulations on your son winning uh, another state title
1: so yeah I appreciate it yeah
0: yeah and um i I a lot of people told me that you were actually there that week and you were there and the Iowa was at Edinburgh the same weekend is that correct?
1: That is correct, yes.
0: So you were you're doing some recruiting I'm sure and doing some dad stuff and uh I didn't see Nelson's match but I heard it was, you know, a high scoring one point match and kinda went back and forth. Is that part is that an accurate description of the match?
1: It was a fun match to watch. If you're a wrestling fan, it was a great match to watch and um he uh he was ahead the whole time at the end of the second period he got cradled for four takedown and two. Okay. And he went down by two going into the third. Alright. And so, I mean, you know, then he got an escape <laughs> mm-hmm. and took him down, let him go so it's tied, and then he took him down and rode him out for the rest of the match one by two. And the thing is, the only thing I want to say about my son is he, he, he's fun to watch for me. I like his style and he's fun to watch. He's got a lot of growing to do. He's he's done well here in the state of Iowa and you know, good for him, but you know, he, he's got a lot of work to do to get on the get on the board in Fargo and you know, keep keep pushing forward in these regionals and making those teams that go overseas, you know, and that's where he's at. He loves it, he's got a great mind for it. He works hard and that's all I'll say.
0: That's plenty. I remember talking to John Smith about Joe and, and, you know, he said, you know, we're used to recruiting guys and just like you are that, you know, if kids have won, you know, a gazillion state titles. He goes, it is different when you watch your son, you know, win one or go for one or those kind of things. So uh, I want to ask you to comment. And I just want to say congratulations. I know that had, you know, on a personal level that had to mean a lot to you. So I just wanted to congratulate you on that and your son. Honestly. Well
1: I appreciate
0: it. I appreciate it. Thanks. So um I guess, you know, to kind of finish, i, I Tell me, you know, like, I obviously Seth Gross was in your program, and, and then Clark's wrestling him in the finals, and, you know, I think Clark was losing in the quarters, losing in the semis, losing in the finals. You know, from your perspective, watching the match, did the match, you know, maybe go the way you thought it would go? I mean, obviously it didn't go the way you hoped it would go, where he loses the first takedown and those kind of things, but one of the things that that I've talked to my friends about about Clark and I'm I'm wondering if you see it the same way that he doesn't lose the same way twice like if you if you wrestle him twice it seems like he makes a lot of adjustments and even he makes a lot of adjustments within the match to me how he lost the first takedown and how he got the winning takedown were near identical positions or situations and he adjusted within that match to end up winning it so you know, tell me a little bit about how you perceive all that.
1: I agree with you 100%. He's very savvy that way he solves problems during the match and I agree with you on that single leg position. That's exactly right. Uh as far as the match going the way it goes, I mean you've got Clark out in the mat. <laughs> so what's going to happen, I don't know, you know. The the thing with Clark is is he addressed problems that had cost him over the last 2 years. Um L- losing to Brewer in the final, and then losing to, uh, 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 yeah, uh, Cornell last year. Mm-hmm. Those are things that he corrected. It wasn't just the match in, during the match, but it was technical things that were holding him back. It was emotional things that were holding him back. Being able to be relaxed before the matches, the way that he prepared before the matches. I mean, we had him sitting. We, he, he was literally sleeping during the heavyweight match um, <laughs> before before the twenty five pound, and, and I had to kick him a little bit, like nudge his butt, and go, "Hey, they're on heavyweight now," because he was sound asleep during ninety um, uh, that, seven that first match at nationals. Right. Yeah. He was sound asleep, and that's a huge thing, and that's something that we learned when he was very young here we got to keep him calm Well, he's jumping around. I mean, you watch him at the Big Tens last year in Iowa City. That was the difference in him winning that Big Ten title to me. We got him to sit down. We got him to relax before he wrestled Richards there. And, and it really, really showed up in his wrestling. And he even said something after that. So moving forward into this year, that was a huge thing that we that we continued to remind him about. That's not easy for him to do.
0: To be that That's not now? easy
1: for him to do. Yes, he, he's always moving. He's always got to do, do to be doing something. And so that, that was a great step in maturity there. And I agree with you as far as the match, like take the Tomasello match, look at the adjustments he made. Yeah. Two weeks earlier, he had lost a match, that same match in, in, you know, really got dominated physically. Just from a hand fighting and a physical point of view, I would say, especially in that first period, and okay. Tomasello started to fade toward the end. But look at the adjustment we made, and I love that match. I love that it shows it shows his brilliance, it shows his savvy, and it shows his intelligence in, on the wrestling mat.
0: He's a very impressive kid. I'm, I'm sure you know you're around greatness all the time, and I know these guys, you know affect your life and you know you you care about each of them in your own way and you know you have a million stories with each of these guys you know when I coached I had stories with guys and people know you know one one hundredth of the relationship you have with them but from the outside looking in he's just he's just a really impressive kid and I mean he, he he almost feels like he's kind of got a coach mentality on the mat that like you know after he lost that first takedown in the scramble it's like while he's getting out, he's—it's almost like he's already figuring out. I'm going to get to the leg again, and this is what I'm going to do the next time. And it's—it's—I'm sure it's a big credit to him, but it's obviously a credit to you and to Tom and the rest of your staff that that he's been able to develop himself that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very, very smart
0: that way. Coach, you got to tell me about the final throw. T- t- tell me. Tell me what all went into that and. The, the thought process and and the final it.
1: throw. Okay, I'm going to tell you about it, and then you've got to give me your opinion on it because I've been beat up a little bit because okay.
0: of it. Okay. All right.
1: So here here's the deal. He he came off the mat. He didn't even he didn't even get his hand raised right. yet. He comes up to me, and I grab him to hug him. I go throw me, and he goes no no. I go throw me throw me.
0: Right. And then
1: all of a sudden I felt him suck me into him. He's very good there. All of a sudden I felt him suck me into him and he started going backwards. I was like, Oh boy, here we go.
0: So why did you want him to throw you? Let's start there.
1: I it's an international celebration I've seen and I thought that it's fitting for him going off the map for the last time. Yeah. And he's very good there, and he loves that kind of stuff. He loves reverse body lifts and belly to bellies and belly to backs, and you know that kind of stuff. And it, you know, I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember a lot of it. I get, I get wrapped up into that stuff a little bit too much, and it was probably the wrong call. It was probably why? the wrong call, but why? I, I, don't know. We, we, we got beat up a little bit by it, and.
0: I actually think from the outside, I think it's the opposite. I think people see your program as like, okay, those guys like to have fun, too. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's just my opinion. You said the only thing I would critique you on is, you know, is my father's a black belt in judo. We might have to work a little bit on your break fall when when you're going through. I got to slap the mat with my hand as I'm (laughs) going down. That's right. You got to roll the elbow and slap the mat. Exactly. But. I thought it was awesome. It just seemed like it was, you know, genuine and also actually shows, even to that point, how coachable he is. You know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, here we go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't resist. I said, this is going to be one of the few shots you get. Because I know if we go live, you'll never get me there.
0: (laughs) He didn't put the old man's strength on him still, huh? (laughs) Well,
1: I don't know about that, but I wouldn't be stupid enough to ever get into that. I would be out of there before he even knew he had close to he was close to that position <laughs> i know where he's dangerous put it that way
0: well that that there was i think it was amazing i think whoever is beating you up about it you know they're probably like a lot of other people they're on a computer you know criticizing other people instead of getting out and doing things so um i know we got freestyle u.s open and those kind of things coming up in the in the junior world trials and all those things who from Either, you know, you're like the seniors you can talk about, like Warner and Lee and those guys, and who and from the program currently. And guys like Gilman and Clark, who's going forward and going to be wrestling in these tournaments representing Iowa in one way or another?
1: Well, though, our, our young guys are hungry, obviously. And, you know, a guy like Gilman and Clark, you just wait and see. Obviously, Gilman for sure is going to wrestle. Okay. we I think Clark should wrestle. I, you know, we haven't had a lot of conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He's got some things he needs to take care of from a health point of view, and that will pretty much determine wh- which direction he goes. You know. Sure. Uh, our young guys are hungry and they're moving forward. A guy like Kemmerer, you let him, you let him let his hair down, and let's see where it goes. And and um, I don't think that he necessarily has to wrestle this summer. It might be good for him, but if he's not, if he doesn't get there mentally or, you know, emotionally, then I'm okay with that.
0: Mm -hmm. And are Warner and Lee, do they have, do you anticipate those guys wrestling a lot this summer and some of those? Our
1: young, our young guys are hungry. Our young guys are hungry. Uh, Spencer with, you know, what happened in the state tournament. I'm I'm very impressed. Very, very mature response. Mm -hmm. And it could not have been easy for him.
0: I'm sure not.
1: So uh, I was, I was very, very impressed with his stability through that situation. And uh, Warner, I mean, what do you say about that guy? Wow, right? He's a
0: hammer. He's absolutely- he
1: is. He's he is a hammer, and and I I, I love him. And again, I, Miles Wilson, I, I I love him too. You know, he's calling me. Get me into the Olympic Training Center. Get MedCamp to call me. Workout, 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 you know. And he's up in the middle of nowhere out there, so he needs that desperately. Yep. Um, Costello, I don't know how well you know him. I do not. Great family. Just just a great family, and we love him. And I, I, I don't even know what to continue to say. And Mirren, you know, like I said, and we got, you know, the Zach Axmere guy that's coming, and, and uh, he's. he's, he's an Iowa kid, won the title at, at 152 pounds, uh, 1A down there in English Valley. And just a worker, you know, just just they they add to the room. They add to the room. What's their contribution going to be? I don't know. It's going to be up to them, right? It's going right. to be up to them. I'm not going to make predictions on these guys. They, they're, they're, their destiny is in their own hands based on uh, the things that we talked about for the last hour.
0: Right. But your level of excitement about them – is clear, and it, it it shows you think that if they do live things, you know, live life the right way, make the right choices, you know, continue to grow, that they can have a big impact on Iowa.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know what? It's relational. That's what I really have come to know the last, I guess, three to four or five years. And everybody, well, it should be relational. Well, it took me a while to get in, in, in to, you know, with with some of these classes and some of these guys that just have excuse after excuse after excuse and that's very hard when you're trying to move a program forward right you know so this last like i said this last four or five years has been awesome these guys that are coming in uh the guys that came in last year look at camera look at Sorensen. they're just really really strong strong people that are pushing us in the right direction and and our young guys, I keep saying Happel's name, and I keep you talked about Wagner and guys that maybe you, you don't know or even hear. And you know, this Alvarez guy, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's a freaking veteran. He fought overseas, and he's in our program as a freshman. Uh, nobody's, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him before. But it just, it's relational with these guys. They come in and they're, they're not walking on eggshells around us because they're doing the right things for the most part. And when they're not doing the right things, they're owning it. They're not lying about it. They're not sneaking around behind your back like you see, you know, which, which can gut some of these other programs. You know, it's so, it's so awesome to see this going on here right now. And, and it's how it's, it's how it should be. And it speaks to the leadership from the top down. And, and that's coming from Tom and it's, it's been really, really, it's been great. I mean, I, I really don't know how else to say it better than that. But this last number of years has been the best of my life.
0: Well, great leaders surround themselves with great people. And 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 obviously, Tom is a great leader, and he's surrounded himself with folks like you and, and Morningstar and Burhow and the rest of the crew and that group of seniors that that have impacted your program so positively. And, you know, Coach, I know we're not friends, like we don't hang out, but I appreciate you always being willing to take my call and appreciate your support of of myself and of track wrestling and um just really appreciate it man it means a lot to me
1: hey no problem and you know you talked about morningstar and Burhau and that that in in Travis Rudd our strength coach and mm-hmm. Jesse Donnaworth. I mean that's a show in itself really those guys are, that's a lot of the reason why we have the things going on that we do over the last number of years is because we have good people here and they don't, they don't turn a blind eye to somebody if they're not doing the right thing. And they're not afraid to pat somebody on the back when they're doing the right thing and, and throw a compliment out there. It's just, it just the dynamics here are, are very, very strong. So keep it going, right?
0: Absolutely coach. And, um, again, congratulations on your son. I'll probably see you out in Vegas at the U.S. Open, and, and really just appreciate you being a part of, of track wrestling and a part of Matt Chat whenever we've called. Thank you so much.
1: You got it. Thank you.
0: appreciate it. All right, folks, that was Matt Chat. I want to thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week.